In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to bring us an intentional gospel that we can embrace with intentionality. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Rob Gronkowski, um, uh, Tom Brady, DoorDash, Bud Light. Uh, all of these things have something in common. And uh, the thing that they have in common, you're going to see tonight. Because all of those things are going to be things that play on national TV in this thing that we call the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 55, this cultural behemoth that uh, for some reason we still uh, gather around our TV sets even though this is the only NFL show that I will watch this entire year but it's the Super Bowl. And a part of the reason that we watch it, a part of the reason that we're drawn together to watch this thing is because of the intentionality. Because of the intentionality of these people who have it in their hearts to go out and do something. So maybe that's having it in their hearts in order to go out and to win a game. Maybe that's in the case of the people that are putting together all of the commercials. That is to go out and, well, win a different kind of game, win the game of sales so that they can get more money and they can win that. But whoever it is on this Sunday, we we have to see that there is up in lights this idea of intention that People are doing these things on purpose. You know, what we're watching this evening, if you actually do watch it and you're not watching uh, something else uh, sort of in, in protest and not wanting to watch the Super Bowl, but if you watch the Super Bowl and if you're watching the, the commercials or if you're watching the football game, what you're watching there is not just kind of, you know, like a pickup football game. This is not like they're, they're not sitting around going, oh, well, you know, is that guy going to be on my team or that guy? You know, they have been practicing. They have been playing. They have been doing all sorts of things in order to get to this day, this day where they can prove that it hasn't all been in vain. This day that they can prove that they've been practicing in order to do something. This day where they get to show the result of their purpose and their mission and their intention And so this day is a perfect day for us to take a look at this section of 1 Corinthians where we look at the story of this guy, Paul. I don't know if you've uh, heard of him. Uh, He started off life with a different name, and so maybe that leads to the confusion. He he started off life as this guy named Saul, and as Saul, he had plenty of intention. He, He had this intention in order to wipe out Christianity. He wanted it gone because he felt like it was a threat to the thing that he loved so dearly. And and so one day as he was going to Damascus, he gets knocked off of his horse and he sees a vision of Jesus who says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he turns around. And then from there, his intention goes in a completely different direction. His intention then goes to 
proclaiming the gospel, to telling people, this is what I experienced on that Damascus road, and I am purposeful about this. In fact, Paul is so purposeful that it, uh, it, he goes all over the place. He writes about two-thirds of the New Testament, which he didn't realize he was writing two-thirds of the New Testament at the time, but he writes a lot of letters because he starts a lot of churches, because he's doing all of this stuff on purpose, by intention, saying, this is so important, and I see a place for myself in this, and I'm going to follow that purpose. I'm going to follow that intention. I'm going to follow this thing that is within, within me, because he has a hope, because he has a hope that this is going to end up doing something in people's lives, that this is going to end up bringing people into a relationship with Jesus because he has a hope that this is going to bring people into this knowledge of God. He has this hope that he's going to see all of these people in the resurrection. He has this hope, and that hope powers his intention. Just as the hope of winning the Super Bowl powers those athletes just as the hope of making a little bit more money powers the people that are putting together these commercials. The hope that is within Paul that he'll see these people in the resurrection, that their lives will be changed even before the resurrection comes because they'll be set free from the law and they will understand the gospel. That hope brings Paul into a place where he says, I gotta do something about it. I've got to live that hope out in myself. And so Paul starts to figure out, okay, what is it that I do? And, and we see plenty about Paul in the book of Acts, how he messes up and how he doesn't do the right things and how he has to you know, change his mind about certain things and how he goes with different people and all sorts of different stuff. It, it's obvious that Paul, as he's figuring out his intention, is confronting his sinfulness. That as he's figuring this out, he's figuring out, oh, yeah, I'm a mortal, and mortals, well, we get this thing wrong. As a mortal, I'm going to make some people angry, and they're going to beat me up. I'm going to not always do things the right way, and sure enough, that's one of the things that comes into play when we start living out our lives intentionally, is that we find out that we're sinful, we find out that we're sinful human beings. And so sometimes we can talk to our neighbor and we can bring up who Jesus is and we can say something really dumb. And it comes from the right intention. But it shows that we need a savior. Which then should drive us back into why it's so important to talk to our neighbor. Because if we need a savior, so do they. They need somebody who is going to bring them the good news that they can mess up. And Jesus still loves them. That the God of the universe still wants them to be with him for all of eternity. That is the hope and the intention that Paul is working with here. It's a hope and an intention that drives him to do things. A hope and an intention that drives him to talk to 
All sorts of people. He talks about that when he's with Jewish people, that you know he's wearing a yarmulke and a prayer shawl. When he talks to Gentile people, he takes off the yarmulke and picks up some bacon. That's who Paul is. He, you know, he, he's just kind of like, well, let me figure out how this works. My intent is to tell you about the gospel. And I'm going to do whatever I need to do in order to make that happen. So that you can be freed from the law. And so that's the thing that drives Paul. And it drives Paul to put himself on the hook. Put himself on the hook for the gospel. He recognizes that the gospel is not his gospel. The gospel is not our gospel. The gospel is Jesus's gospel. It's God's gospel. It's the work of the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It ain't ours. But the gospel gives us an avenue for our hopes. It gives us an avenue for our intentions. It gives us an avenue that we can start to see some things that need to get done. And maybe we don't need to do them, but maybe we could do them. And so maybe we can try that. And so maybe we can be intentional about that. The interesting thing about what Paul says here in Corinthians is that Paul doesn't treat this just as a pickup game. Paul says that when he's boxing, he's not boxing in the air, which I take to mean that Paul says, hey, if we get into boxing, I'm going to hit you in the face. If we get to running, I'm going to run so that you start to get winded. I am going to take this seriously because my intent and my hope drives me to take this as seriously as those people take the Super Bowl. There's an intentionality that comes about because of our hope. In Portugal, there's this sort of cultural practice of uh, this thing where you, you can go into a bakery in Portugal and uh, what you can do is if you have a little bit of extra money that day is you can actually you know, buy an extra loaf of bread while you're there. And if you buy that extra loaf of bread, what they will do is they will put it on a hook. So, so you buy the extra loaf of bread and you say, hey, put it on the hook. And they'll put that on the hook. And so if somebody comes in and they're hungry that day and they don't have money, or if they just left their wallet back in the car or wherever, they can have that that's on the hook. And the beauty of that is that it, it recognizes my needs are taken care of. Paul knew my needs are taken care of. I am a baptized child of God. God appeared to me in person while I was still persecuting his church. God has me. I don't have to worry about where I'm at with God. I've got more than enough. And so I'm going to put myself on the hook. I'm going to put my hopes on the hook. I'm going to put my intentions on the hook. I'm going to go out and do some stuff. So what are your hopes? And how do those hopes lead into intentions? What are the things that, as you're hoping for them, you go, maybe there's something I could do to... Uh, Make that hope 
just come a little bit more real? What is that thing that I'm hoping for that maybe I could start to live out in my life? Maybe I can't change the world. Maybe I can't even change the mind of the person who is closest to me. But what's one small thing that I can be intentional about? How could my hope start to bleed over into intent? How could I put myself on the hook? And if you put yourself on the hook, put yourself on the hook in the knowledge and in the security of knowing that Paul didn't put himself on the hook because he thought that just putting himself on the hook was the right thing to do so that he could please God. That's not why he did it. Rather, Paul put himself on the hook because he knew that he was already taken care of. You are already taken care of. Christ loves you. Christ forgives you. Christ died on the cross for you so that he could put himself on the hook for you and for all of humanity. Because your needs are taken care of. Because he was on the hook for you. You can figure out a way to turn your hope into an intention and turn that intention into a way of putting yourself on the hook. Knowing that he's already taken care of you. And so that like Paul, you can dream of what it would be like to wake up on that resurrection day and see all the things that you competed for. Fulfilled by the grace of a loving God who put himself on the hook. Amen.